Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, good evening, wherever and whenever you may be listening to us. From around the globe, this is Tarot Today Radio. For the past 12 years, we've been bringing you the world of tarot, great topics, your favorite tarot teachers, deck creators, and authors, plus free readings live on air for our callers. This is the official broadcast of the Tarot Guild, now in our 18th year, the International Organization for Tarot Lovers, Students, and Professional Readers, since 2004, with the world's only full-featured tarot social media networking platform, thetarotguild.com. I'm your host, Dax Carlisle. I'm a tarot advisor, life coach, and hypnotherapist coming to you live from Tucson, Arizona. And joining me is the fabulous tarot master, Mary Brown. Mary is the vice president of the guild and director of communications. She is a professional tarot advisor, crystal Reiki master, and here she is, live from Amarillo, Texas. Hey, Mary. Hey, Dax. Hey, everybody. Happy Psychic Saturday. How Happy you doing? Happy Psychic Saturday. Really good. Really good. My favorite day of the week. Get to hang out with all of you and you, Mary. And sometimes a guest, which actually we have a guest today, so that's going to be great. Yeah, I'm excited. I think it's going to be a great show, and so glad that everybody's here. Hi, Sharona. I see Sharona in the chat room. Ooh. Oh, yes. I'm in the chat room, too. By the way, if you uh, haven't popped in, maybe you're listening via the chat room because there's a player below the chat room on the Tarot Guild chat. But uh, if you haven't joined us yet, just go over to thetarotguild.com forward slash chat. Or if you're on the website, thetarotguild.com, just click chat in the navigation. You can pop in there and chat with us, hang out during the live show, even ask for a mini reading right there in the chat room, comment on the topics and the, you know, the guests and what we're talking about. And uh, there's a player right there on the page, right below the chat. You can listen in and you can also call us, 714-816-4628. If you just want to listen to the show, just dial in. If you want to be live on air with us, press the number one on your dial pad as soon as you get through. That'll put you into the caller queue. In the order that you called in, we take the calls in the order that they come in, 714-816-4628, and we'll be getting to calls a little later in the show. What's going on, Mary? You just got out of 
another Rasuli workshop this morning. Yes, I did every Saturday. It's kind of crazy, you know, and I I actually was thinking about this, like I need to listen back and see, like, it, it, do I sound different on the air right after I finish up, you know, two hours of, of Rasuli's teachings in this wild painting workshop that I'm, that I'm taking? I don't know. No, you know, it's so <laughs> wiser. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah finally, you sound a, li- wiser. a little mm-hmm. wisdom seeping in. <laughs> I love that. But yeah, no, it's like because it's like it's an hour of like you know discussing like painting and whatever painter we're studying. You know, this week, like this week, I'm really excited. I just got the assignment. It's Cezanne, mm. <gasps> the giant, the master of colors. I don't know. I'm not worthy. <laughs> but I'm, it's so fun to, like, learn these different styles of different artists and, and you know, try practice them. And then, but, you know, so it's an hour of that, but it's an also, also an hour of, like, mysticism and, you know, Sufi wisdom or, you know, Eastern philosophy. It, it's just, I love it. That it's like my, you know, I just my heart is just you feels like it's going to explode. Yeah. yeah, I'm liking the art like. that uh, sometimes sometimes you're sharing some of the art, you know, and I I just, you know, I feel another tarot deck coming on, I'm just saying. <laughs> That's 78 cards. I don't know about that, man. <laughs> That's a lot. That's I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe an oracle deck <laughs> at some point. Yeah. Who yeah. knows? We'll but, yeah, happens. no, I'm having such a blast. Uh, <laughs> by the way, if you love all this stuff, you can join us on our group on Facebook, the Tarot Guild, 7,000 members, facebook.thetarotguild.com. We'll take you right over there. Or if you're on Facebook, just search tarot guild and uh we also have our psychic talk radio group as well and mary posts a card of the day every day what was your card of the day today well my card of the day is from the great eastern oracle by rasuli (laughs) it's kind of funny how I mean, just all Rasuli lately, but um, and it's a wonderful card, really. You know, I think it it really when I when I chose it, you know, just randomly drew it. I thought, oh, that's perfect, and it's shift your perception, remove the judgment glasses. Okay, and and I love this message because it's saying that like, you know, you got to be able to express yourself without judging every little thing and I know for some people that's really hard you know to to even look at themselves in the mirror sometimes and not see something to be judgmental about but you know once we know who we are you know and we have that self-awareness we don't need to be looking for every little thing to nitpick about because all that does is just kind of down, I think, you know. So I, so I want people to think about that this week, you know. Are you able to, to just move in this world, to look at yourself and to look at other people and, and things happening in the world without judging it first, I think it's a great exercise. So in the in the artwork, it's just so beautiful. Um, just this beautiful uh, abstract piece that Rusli did 
to go with that message. And you, again, yeah, you can find that on the Psychic Talk Radio Facebook group. What about you? Did you get a card, or what are what are the numbers today? What's what what's going on? Okay, May twenty first, twenty twenty two. We're in a world year of six. That's a return to balance and harmony after the uh, chaos of five. So two plus zero plus two plus two. 2022 reduces to six and the entire date actually reduces to five. We had that energy last Saturday as well. So five is that high energy. Uh, it's the number of change and uh, adventure. It's a great day to, you know, ride the roller coasters, spa day, things like that. Uh, the date, the 21st, that reduces to three. Two plus one is three. Three is that energy of communications and creativity. This is a great day to get into the creativeness there, folks. Um, interesting stuff with the cards. So I got the four of swords. You know, four is actually uh, a challenge number to the five energy today because Five wants to be wild and sometimes chaotic, and four wants to be structured. So you can see how that can happen. <laughs> so, um, yes, there's all that great stuff about five with change and high energy, and you can get a lot accomplished today, but it's also the chaos number. That's the other side of the coin in numerology. Five is the chaos number. And um, five swords, you want to take a step back. You know, this is a, a great day to, like, you know, Rest up, <laughs> regain your energy, uh, or you know, start thinking outside the box on something, some project you're working on, or something like that. You know, take a step back and look at the big picture. Um, I'm getting some other cards here, and you know, the moon card, and uh, what else are we getting here? Eight of Swords, and you're coming out of some blockages and restrictions. So that's the good news. And, um, you know, that moon card, things are not always super clear. So, you know, that ties in with that uh, four swords. You want to step back and look at, look at the big picture today, you know? Okay. So that's what I got for the numerology of the day. And some of the cards I was messing around with earlier this morning, (laughs) Mmm, those fives. <laughs> I don't like fives. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, all right. Well, are you ready to, you know, can I tell everybody a little bit about our guests that we have coming on? Yes. Tell us about our guests. Pretty exciting. First of all, I love... I, I, it's like I want to lead with uh, where you can find him. His his website is jackofwandstarot.wordpress.com. Jack of Wands. I love that. <laughs> and that's just like that great? leaps out at me. I want to introduce him as he's the Jack of Wands. <laughs> um, but his name is Jack Chanick, and he has a book that just came out from Llewellyn called Tarot for Real Life. You use the cards to find answers in everyday questions. So everybody's going to want to read this book anyways. But just to say a little bit about him, he's been reading tarot since he was 11 years old. Uh, wow. 
and has been publicly writing about tarot since 2015. He has taught workshops on tarot, Kabbalah, and Wicca around the country and is the author of Kabbalah for Wiccans, Ceremonial Magic on the Pagan Path. Jack has also appeared on Seeking Witchcraft, The Magic Monday podcast, and The Witching Hour with Patty Negri, as well as teaching at festivals such as Free Spirit Gathering and Llewellyn Con. I think Llewellyn Con is coming up pretty soon now that I think about it. He lives in New Jersey where he works as an academic philosopher specializing in Immanuel Kant and Immanuel Kant's philosophy of science. Um, and he can, again, be found at jackofwandstarot.wordpress.com. Let's go ahead and bring him on to the Tarot Today radio show. Welcome, <laughs> Jack of Wands. <laughs> you, you just Thank love you that, so that URL way Thank too you. much. Hey, Jack. <laughs> Good to be here. Thanks I love for having it. me on. It's like you got to dress up as the Jack of Wands sometime. Have you done that? <laughs> you know? Oh, you know, for like, ages, my profile picture on all social media was the Page of Wands. Oh, cool. Cool. Nice. I love that. That's so brilliant. It's like it works so perfectly. <laughs> but, oh, my gosh. Um, so you teach philosophy, and you've written all of the stuff. Oh, my you know, God. How is it that you've been reading tarot since you were 11 years old? Like, like what was that like? How did that even happen? How did some 11-year-olds their hands? And, and how, yeah, and how are you reconciling tarot with the academia? I just, I just got to ask that one. I'm going to throw that one in, too. Oh, no, that's oh, yeah. a great question. I'm going to start with the how did I read tarot starting at 11 because that's an easier question to answer. Um, and this mm. is actually this is a story I tell in the book. Uh, I grew up watching James Bond movies with my parents. Both of my parents loved James Bond. And there's a James Bond movie where James Seymour plays a tarot reader. And when I was a kid, I just thought this was the coolest thing. And I begged and begged and begged my parents to let me learn how to read tarot, buy me a tarot deck. And finally, for my 11th birthday, they did. You know, they took me to the bookstore and I picked out a tarot deck and the man behind the counter was very serious. He told me that the tarot deck would only work if I kept it wrapped in silk. And, you know, um, and of course, I didn't wow. have any silk lying around, but the cards seemed to work fine anyway. Um, and, you know, I just started as a kid and started with very simple readings. Uh, my readings were not terribly sophisticated or good when I was 11 years old. But, you know, as a kid, you kind of already speak that symbolic and visual language. You already know how to communicate through images and symbols. Uh, and so actually learning how to pick tarot up as a child uh, goes much quicker than you'd expect because you don't have to reteach yourself how to express truth symbolically. Right. And you're not, you weren't like, okay, this is the, these are the Golden Dawn associations, and like you don't have to do that, right? As a kid, you can just look and and see what the card means, right, by looking at the image. Yeah, exactly. And because I am very academically and analytically inclined, eventually I did go on to do that more formal study with 
the Golden Dawn meanings and the Aleister Crowley and the numerology and the elements and so on. Uh, but really starting out, it was just a very intuitive process of looking at the cards and seeing where they took me. Oh, I love that. And then the academia question, because is it like, do you, like, do you tell people, you know, like Dax is wondering, like, how do you reconcile it? Yeah, I mean, um, I do tell people for sure. I get mixed reactions. There are some people who are like, oh, that's so cool when mm. you read my cards. There are some people who immediately roll their eyes and like, oh, gosh, you're one of those people, huh? Um, but, you know, it's, I, the way I see it, um, academia is an important part of who I am, and so is tarot, right? Tarot has been a part of my life longer than the academy has. And so, you know, I am just who I am, and these are my interests, and I'm not going to filter them for the people around me. Um, and actually, you'd be surprised. So Michael Dummett was a professional philosopher who wrote a couple of books about the history of tarot cards. Uh, so yeah. philosophy kind of has a, a point of reference for people being interested in tarot already. Um, and as for sort of how I reconcile it, you know, when I first got into tarot, um, for, for many, many years, I was very sort of abstract and introspective with tarot. So I, I started out using tarot primarily as a tool for meditation and personal reflection uh, and then sort of slowly over time, I worked my way more into the practical divinatory aspects of tarot of, you know, uh, looking forward to the future or trying to sort out what I should do in a particular situation, things like that. Um, and really that just became a matter of, you know, over the course of years and years of reading tarot, eventually you sort of accept that it works and you don't need to rationalize it. Um, and, the more I read tarot, the more it was clear to me that I could do uh, really great things with it if I just learned to let go and trust myself. Oh, you know, that, that I think that is so true for, for a lot of people. It is that trusting. But, you know, what's really interesting is um, I happen to think that there that there's even, like, a lot of connections between philosophy and tarot. Because I, I had this, <laughs> I had this funny experience of a, a friend of mine, of gosh, last year getting his um, PhD in philosophy, and it's philosophy of, in communication. And you know, the, the thing that was funny is like when when a good friend of yours gets their PhD, they want you to read their dissertation. And it turns out these dissertation things are really long to long. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I'm like, I'm still reading it. I'm still reading it. But what he wrote about, it was, I don't know. You know, I can't remember the name of the people whose theories it was or whatever, but he, it, it had so much to do with interaction of symbolism and this other theory called psychical accretion. And I'm reading this and even though his paper was on a totally different subject, I'm like, my gosh, that's how tarot works. Wait a minute. Mm -hmm. Wait a minute. I could apply all this to tarot. And so I was thinking, Absolutely. like, that must, that must happen a lot, right? Because when you, when you look at philosophy, mm -hmm. it's really like, you know, how, how, does, how does life work? You know, how do we think about it? And to me, tarot is kind of mirrors that. Or am I way off? What do you mm -hmm. think? 
No, I think that's on base. I think at bottom, philosophy is, this is the definition that I give to my students, philosophy is the process of trying to arrive at truth through the exercise of reason. And mm. I think tarot is similarly a process of trying to arrive at truth. We just arrive at truth through symbolism. Um, and it's a, it's a different way of reaching mm-hmm. the same sort of thing. But from a wow. scientific point of view, the, the mind thinks in symbols. We don't think in written words or spoken words. We're translating what our thoughts are, which are symbolically based, into words that are spoken or written down on a page. And so there's a, there's a scientific reason for it. There's a, there's a connection with the subconscious mind. Yeah, unquestionably. You know, I, I can give yeah. you a 500-page philosophical dissertation, and all that's going to do is give you a migraine. But if I lay yeah. out a couple of tarot cards <laughs> in front of you and have, you know, death, the four of cups, and the seven of wands, that can paint a very clear picture in just three cards that it would have taken 500 pages for me to give to you otherwise. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I can say after reading Love my that. friend's dissertation, I, I prefer reading tarot cards <laughs> it was great but wow i was like oh my god this is a novel but speaking of novels well nonfiction, actually right um let's talk about your book tarot for real life you know the title is perfect Love right that. that that's such a that's such a grabber you know immediately but you know what what was just the reason that you wanted to write the book you know, were you finding that, you know, this is the book that, you know, was kind of filling a void that, like, you know, nobody had really addressed, like, everyday questions? You know, what, yeah. What it, inspired um, you? You know, I, I – there are so many wonderful tarot books out on the market. And when you decide to write a tarot book, it's kind of daunting because, you know – if you write a book, you're sort of saying that not only do you have something important to say, but no one else has said it, or at least no one has said it in quite that same way before. Um, The thing I think that I really wanted to accomplish with Tarot for Real Life was to really, really focus on the practical application of tarot. Uh, Because I think so often when we introduce tarot to newcomers or when we talk about tarot, it's so easy to want to focus on the big archetypal themes, you know, justice, the lovers, judgment, and so on. Uh, and those are obviously significant and important, but when we put too much emphasis on that, we leave out the minor arcana, which make up more than 70% of the deck. And what's more, you know, the minor arcana are the sorts of issues and themes that you encounter in real life, in your day-to-day life. Uh, you know, if I'm having trouble at work with my boss, that's probably not going to be a hanged man situation unless things get really out of hand. More often than that, not, that's going to be something to do with, you know, themes in the suit of pentacles um, or so on. You know, the, the minor arcana, the, the suit cards in tarot are really the cards that deal with the themes that people encounter in their day-to-day ordinary lives. And those are the questions that people have when they want a tarot reading. 
So I wanted to write this book to really focus on those more practical, immediate aspects of tarot, give a little bit more emphasis to the things that you see cropping up uh, every day in your life, because I think those are the things that are really significant when we try to bring them into a practical tarot reading for questions that people actually have. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that, that that makes a lot of sense because, uh, you know, I the way I look at it is that, you know, look, wouldn't it be great if um, we could choose the people that are going to want a reading from us. If we if we could choose, you know, okay, I just want the people that that want to do personal development and I'm just going to talk about, you know, things that are very empowering and, you know, I get I see a lot of readers that get a little bit I don't know. I think they get a little flustered because it's like everybody just wants to ask about their love life. Everybody just wants to ask about their career or their finances or their moving. And I'm like, well, because that's everybody's life. That's what they're doing, you know. <laughs> so so I think it's really helpful because the majority of questions are are the day-to-day, you know. Yeah. They're, not, yeah. they're not the big empowering, you know, I guess more, you know, uh, more empowering questions that a lot of, a lot of books tell you, you know, to rephrase the question, you want to do this, you want to do that. What I, one of the, I like a lot of things about your book. One of of the things that I like is like, just right at the beginning, um, you, you introduce that there is more than one tradition in tarot you know you talk about the illustrated versus um unillustrated tips you talk about marseille and thought and rws and and just really kind of you know that that struck me that there's a lot of a lot of tarot books that i've read that are just one system you know just based on one system never even making much mention of any others and so there's a sort of sense of like it's okay if a Marseille style deck really, you know, is attracting you. You know, you're not basing your book I mean entirely on, you know, look, you know, a lot of, a lot in the book is uh, gives RWS cards as an example. But I like that you leave it open and say like, okay, if you like those other styles, that's okay. You know, you're not like kind of trying to make people feel like they're wrong. And I, and for some reason, there's been that sort of vibe um, out there uh, sometimes in the in the tarot world where it's like, oh, you know, there's a separation. It's like, well, if you're RWS, then you have to read this book, and we're not even going to address that. There's schools that will only teach one style of reading. Um, why did you Why do you think it's important? Um, that people like sort of have that freedom to explore and go with what what's appealing to them rather than, you know, just following one, you know, school of thought. Yeah, well, I mean, I think first and foremost that the purpose of any tarot book or tarot school or mentorship or any kind of situation that you find yourself in where you are teaching tarot to other people Uh, is that you want to help people discover the kind of reader that they're going to be. And that's not necessarily going to be the same kind of reader that you are. 
you know, the goal of a teacher is not to make carbon copies of oneself. It's to help people come mm. into their own and find their own confidence and skills and, you know, intuition. And those are things that I think it's really important to put it for and to say, it's okay for you to experiment and figure out what you like and figure out how the cards work best for you. You know, another thing that I talk about over the course of the book is different attitudes to things like spreads and reversals and so on. And, you know, how do you even pick a deck and things like that. And with all of it, something I really tried to hammer home was, you know, there's not one right way to do this. So try a couple of different ways, learn a couple of different styles, and then see what feels right to you and lean into that. But I think it's really, really important as a tarot writer, as a tarot teacher, uh, to give people that room to learn who they're going to be as tarot readers. Because every tarot reader is different. And, you know, I have some friends, I have tarot readers that I go to for a specific kind of question because I know that with that sort of question, they're going to knock it out of the park. Uh, and then I have other readers that I go to for different kinds of questions because those are the kinds of questions or the kinds of subject matter that they really shine with. Uh, and different readers have their own approaches, and each approach is incredibly valuable and personal. And I think the really beautiful thing about teaching tarot is giving people the opportunity to come into that for themselves. No, I love that. Yeah, you know, I I I think that's great. Like you're not trying to create carbon copies of yourself as a as a teacher. I think that's incredibly valuable. Um Mary, and there's did, didn't yeah. Did you didn't you start with uh Marseille? Or am I off no, on that? I, I can't remember. No, I didn't I keep I, that, that I've gotten I've gotten into Marseille. I started <laughs> I started with let's see, I think yeah, my very first one was a was a writer Wade Smith deck, but I just got so drawn into historical decks. Like after mm-hmm. that. Once I saw the um Visconti, you know, I was just like, yeah. Whoa, what is that? What world did this happen in? You know, and just got <laughs> so in love with the with the Italian decks. You know, what you know. I, but I want to go back to where you were, Jackie. Were telling us about going, your parents taking you to the bookstore and picking out your first tarot deck. What did you pick out? Yeah, and then I got something else. I want want to finish up on that, Mary. I had a point I was making, but uh, let's get Jack's response and then come back to me, please. Yeah. Sure thing. Um, So my house was actually burgled a couple of years after I got that deck, so I don't have it with me anymore. Uh, That first deck was a Rider-Waite-Smith clone. It was either the the Rider-Waite or the Universal or something like that. And then the next deck that I got, and really the one that I did the brunt of my tarot learning with, was not actually a divinatory deck. It was a uh, card-playing deck for for the game of tarot that's played in France and in a lot of former French colonies. Uh, So it, you know, just the the cards themselves are like a post deck, but they have 26 extra cards, and the major arcana are not illustrated with any kind of divinatory meanings. They just have sort of themes from French colonial life. And it was a very 
bare bones deck, um, which was a really interesting way to learn tarot because I ended up relying quite a lot in those early days on things like suit and numerology and elemental associations and sort of looking at the big picture of how the cards interacted with each other in a larger spread. Um, and those ended up being the skills that really define my approach to tarot. My approach to tarot uh, was pretty analytical very early on. And it was only later as I started to acquire other decks that I brought in some of the more intuitive, symbolic, and imagery-based approaches to tarot reading. Oh, wow. That is so yeah, cool. That's the exact point right there is exactly what I was getting to and why I brought up asking you about the Marseille deck and the historical decks, Mary, because uh, you were talking about how Jack's book starts out, you know, talking about that and the different traditions that, you know, there are, hello, the original decks did not have images on the pips, you know, and uh, it's just that I've been thinking a lot more of this or about this lately because uh, you know, anybody that's been listening to the show for all these years knows that uh, I learned numerology first and sacred geometry and the elements. And then I came to tarot. So I had a, just like you, Jack, I had a very analytical approach to it, you know, and yes, the illustrated pips, you know, everybody loves that, you know, the, the Rider Waite Smith, uh, tradition and it makes it easier because you have images and symbols to look at and so forth but it, I've, lately I've been thinking it can also be quite limiting if you think about it you know because like the, the three of pentacles so you got that three energy creativity and communication you've got pentacles earth the earth element there's a lot more to it than just what is going on in the particular Wait Smith image that's on the Three of Pentacles, if you're catching where I'm going with this. In fact, I think the Three of Swords is an even better example. Um, because mm, yeah. like there you have, once again, that three energy, and then you have the swords, which are intellect, thought, speech, communication. And those two things together give a very different picture than what's going on in the Rider Waite Three of Swords, which is heartbreak and sorrow and loss. Um, and that can be, you know, that can depend on the deck that you're using. So a lot of the time if I'm reading with mm. a Marseille-style deck and the Three of Swords comes up, I'm probably going to read it less as being about heartbreak and sorrow and more as being about sort of a dynamic, creative approach to communication or a writing project or something like that. Um, but it can also be, I think, really significant, even if you are reading like with the Rider Waite and you're reading a Rider Waite style system. Uh, if you get the Three of Swords that shows up and you also get all of the other threes in the deck that come out in that same reading, that tells you something, I think, really significant. Um, that more than just the individual meanings of those four cards. If you get all of the threes in one reading, that tells you that that numerological energy of the threes, that dynamism, that creativity is really significant in your situation. And that's the thing to pay attention to, even if you're interpreting the individual card itself with a more conventional mm -hmm. imagery-based uh, you know, meaning. Right, yeah, that's what I'm getting at really is that it opens it up to much more interpretation and, you know, many more meanings and connections to the surrounding cards and so forth, even with the majors too, 
you know, you think uh, I think of the majors as uh, that as a, a suit unto itself that is the quintessential element element of say spirit, for instance, and then uh, they're all numbered, and the higher number cars could be reduced down to a single digit, and then th- there's a lot more meaning than what's going on necessarily in the image. What do you think, Mary? What do I think? Well, first of all, I think the I think the one deck that we're not mentioning is the Sola Busca deck, which had illustrated tips, dare I say, since the late 1400s. So, uh-huh. you know, and a lot of the um, experts on that deck out there have a feeling that this is more um, the miners in that case with that deck are illustrating literally um, different alchemical processes. So I think that you could add that into the mix, but I, but I get what you're saying. You know, sometimes when you, when you, you know, it's such a striking image, right? You know, and it's especially the way it's done and, in some of the you know different decks where it looks like it's piercing a heart and sometimes it's a bloody heart you know blood dripping down you know so it can be oh, yeah, already those. you're you know you're already like I don't want this to come up but you know recently um, I've noticed this with uh, who was it Anna Turing that we had on talking about her abyss tarot where she did an alternate version of the three of swords and it was like the swords were piercing a book you know so it was that idea again of like you know going more with you know what's happening on the mental level rather than um, you know that that bloody <laughs> that bloody heart <laughs> but I I think that there's it, it's yeah, we can be we can be limited, but we can also, I think sometimes that's where um, you get away from the imagery of just a single card, and you're and you're reading it in context of the question being asked and the surrounding cards, and you know sometimes that kind of changes how we see it a bit. But I I like I I think it, it's. It's kind of like I like illustrated pips, and and I like them when they're not too. Like I'm not somebody who who is like stopped by that. You know, I'll, I'll see a lot of reviews where it'll be like they didn't put pictures on the minor arcana. I can't work with this. It's like okay, <laughs> that's like you're you know you're limiting yourself that you're not going to work with it. Um, and the numerology factor, yeah, you know that that can be extremely helpful. But you know it's like you did, you know in chapter two of your book, you know you go there. You're like, how does tarot work? You know the big eternal question. And you know what I love is that. You know, you kind of, you do a good job of reflecting a lot of different ways in which we look at how tarot works. And I think that um, what happens, unfortunately, a lot is people will, they'll get attached to the, like, you know, maybe they bought a book, not your book, okay? Your book just came out, so it's innocent <laughs> of this. <laughs> but, you know, they'll buy a book that is just like laundry list after laundry list of keywords, you know? And they'll yeah. they'll pick out a keyword or two and, like, that's it, 
No matter what happens, no matter what the question, no matter what day of the week, that's what this card means always, regardless of anything else. And and to me, that's more limiting than whether you have an illustration that, you know, gives a certain vibe or you don't have an illustration. And to me, that's like the worst, you know, when it comes to to really looking at, you know, how we look at the cards. It, it's like if we get locked into, you know, a laundry list of, you know, single keywords and try to read that way, I, I think that that's the greatest damage. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that's... Well, and, and to my mind, I think that's really the mark of an advanced tarot reader, of someone who really knows the craft of tarot reading, is when you get someone who doesn't read the same card the same way in every situation, right? When, when you yeah. reach that point of being able to see a card from several different perspectives and say, oh, sometimes this card is going to mean this thing, and sometimes it's going to mean this other thing, and, you know, I am reaching a point where I can figure out when it's going to be A versus B versus C, um, and, and when you can sort of dynamically interact with the cards in that way and let them tell you what they mean in the moment rather than having to rely on, like you said, a laundry list, um, I think that's the point where you really know tarot, where you're really in tune with tarot. And it's okay as someone's learning tarot, you know, I think it's totally okay to start out with a couple of keywords as a way of getting yourself into the cards and getting a feel for them. But like you said, Mary, I think it's really important not to limit ourselves to thinking, you know, oh, the five of pentacles means you're going to get sick. And that's what it means in every single reading, even if we're doing a reading about your love life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, and I'm just looking in your book. You know, I looked up the Three of Swords here. You know, I, I love how you addressed that. You, you, you know, you warned at the beginning of the chapter that the swords have a bad reputation, <laughs> and that, <laughs> you know, the Three of Swords is one. Three of Swords is one of the big reasons, but the tarot encompasses a whole range of human experience. You know, and I, I think that that's really kind of important to keep in mind, you know, I, I, I guess when I learned tarot, the, the first thing that I really learned, I think that was the most valuable was that idea of, if you look at it as, as if it's a book, a book of life, a book of everything that could happen in life, you know, and, and every time that you, that you do a reading, you know, it's like this, it's like the cards like combine to just display a reflection of life. And I, I look at it more in that way that, you know, in pain, yeah, sometimes it feels like we've been, you know, we have three swords sticking out of our heart, doesn't it, you know? <laughs> but that's okay, you know? Um, and, you know, there, there was this one thing that I thought was really interesting. You give some great advice in here you give a lot of great advice all through the book on, you know, things like doing the daily draw. And you talk about how some people struggle with with that idea of pulling a, a card of the day, you know, and how that's such a, it's a good practice that most people do recommend. And 
you um you talk about it in the sense of like the key purpose for it is to kind of gain that experience with interpreting the tarot. So taking where where we've taken this conversation and then kind of stepping back and like how do we how do we apply that to the daily draw? You know? Yeah, how do well, we I think, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, I think the same way that a card doesn't have to be the same thing every time it appears in a reading. Uh, a daily draw doesn't have to be asking the same question every day, right? If you just ask, what is going to happen today? Or what is my theme for the day? Or what should I focus on today? Every single day, for some people that really works, but for other people that can start to feel boring and like a chore and they're not getting anything out of it. Um, and you want to be getting something out of it. The daily draw is... Um, as frustrating as some people find it, uh, it's really good practice because the goal is, like you said, Mary, uh, to be reading tarot every day so that you can gain proficiency. It's like running your scales if you're learning the piano. And I think one really beautiful way to approach that is to think of a very specific question to ask every day. And it can be a different question each time. But, you know, if you have, like, how is my 2 o'clock meeting going to go? That's a specific thing that you can read about that's relevant to your day, and then you ask a different question the next day. This morning, I got up, and because it was, you know, a Saturday and I have chores to take care of, uh, but I didn't really want to do everything all at once, I pulled the card and I said, you know, what chore should I do today? I mean, let's get one thing off the bucket list. Uh, and I pulled the Seven of Pentacles, so I went out and did some weeding in my garden. And I think that just sort of taking the daily draw from this very vague, broad, abstract thing and making it something more concrete and specific with a real pointed question every single day uh, can help to keep it interesting and informative and can help it to feel like uh, you're really getting something out of the practice of reading tarot every day. You know, I love that. I, I do because, yeah, you're right. People can be sort of like, well, I just – this is the card, you know, I'm stuck with this card. And But they didn't ask a specific question. It's like, I just pulled one, here it is, <laughs> you know. So it's kind of kind of funny. But And there's one, one thing more I have to ask you about, because I never have seen anyone say this in a, in a tarot book before. But you say tarot is apophenia. Can you mm. tell us? Tell us what that is <laughs> and why. Sure. So, what do you mean? Yeah. So, uh, so this is in the chapter about different attitudes that people have, different explanations that people have for how tarot works. And for a little bit of context for those listening who haven't read the book, uh, in this chapter I talk about a variety of different approaches that people have. Um, and some of them are a little bit more on the spiritual or magical side. Some of them are more on the naturalistic or psychological side. And the goal here is just to really show the range of ways that you can think about tarot, because there's no one right way to think about tarot. And some people are very magical with their tarot practices, and other people are very sort of materialistic or psychological. And, you know, all of those approaches are equally acceptable. All of them work with tarot. Um, so apophenia is a scientific word that talks about the natural human tendency to pick up patterns, to find patterns in the world around us. 
So the idea with this particular approach to tarot that, that some people have, this is more of a naturalistic, non-magical, non-spiritual approach to tarot. Uh, and the idea here is just that humans are, by nature, pattern-making creatures, right? We look into the clouds and we see shapes. Or, you know, we see a sequence of cars going by us on the freeway and we notice a pattern in the color or the model of the cars, things like that. And that when we find patterns like that, which we're hardwired to do, we find patterns everywhere we look, we can find meaning in those patterns and sort of extract that meaning to help provide us with answers to our questions. Um, so apophenia as a, as a way of understanding tarot is a very sort of um, skeptical approach to tarot, which says that people who see tarot working that way don't necessarily think there's some mechanism that causes the right cards to turn up. These are people who generally mm. think that the cards kind of just turn up randomly, but that regardless of which cards turn up, because we as humans are pattern-making creatures, we can get the information that we need out of tarot just by the the meaning and the pattern in it. I love that. I love that. And you know, I know we're the time has flown so quickly already, and there's so much. And there's so much to talk about in in this book. I want to just reiterate again. This is the book is called Tarot for Real Life by Jack Chanick. You can find him by going to Jack of Wands Tarot <laughs> WordPress com. I just love that. I still love that. <laughs> And it's such a it's a great book. It's a good book for beginners. I think it's a it's a good book even if you're not a beginner. You cover everything A to Z, how to get yourself set up. You go through all the cards. You even talk about, you know, what to do when you're wrong because oh my gosh, tarot readers are human. You know, <laughs> we're not Shocking. we're not gods <laughs> that are that are completely you know infallible. And and I just I just love your your approach in this book so much. I want to thank you for for coming on and and we what, have to have Jack what, back. You got to come back. Yeah. What what else oh, is coming book. up for you? What's next? More books. You doing Llewellyn oh, Con or? I am not presenting at Llewellyn Con this year, unfortunately. Um, maybe next year. We'll see. But yeah, right now uh, I'm just sort of. Writing the High, you know, the book came out this month, and that's been really incredible. It's been a wonderful experience, and I'm probably going to take a little bit of time to catch my breath before I start on the next project, but uh, it's just so <laughs> exciting to see this thing that I've written out in the world and to know that, you know, people are going to read it and fall in love with tarot because of it. Yeah. Absolutely. And and this is just again, this is just an awesome book. It's so down to earth. It's so, this was so much easy, fun. easy to read and it's great um great that you put that out there for everybody. And I and I wish you so so much success with this and, and yes, you have to come back on because there's a million other things to talk about with this book. <laughs> just at least I, I would be and, so it. Thank you both so much for having me. This has really been wonderful. I had a lot of fun. Very interesting yeah. stuff, too. Thanks a lot, Jack. 
Bye. All right. Thank you both. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. And that was Jack. Jack Chanick. Oh, my God. This is like – that was one of our best interviews. I mean, so much great <laughs> so information. Much... Yeah, and, and so much fun. insight and fun to talk to. <laughs> He's the mm-hmm. Jack of Wands. <laughs> I'm crazy about I that. that. <laughs> oh, my God. So should I let – yeah, right? <laughs> so should I let everybody know what's coming up on the Psychic Talk Radio Network this week? You guys great idea. Know. Let's do that. Yeah, we got some great stuff happening tomorrow, Sunday, May 22nd, our next show. It's the Magic Universe with your host, Sharona Ratzik, and she has a special guest on Cherry of Cherry's Tarot. And they will also be taking your calls for free mini readings. And then after that, on Monday, May 23rd at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, it's the Wisdom of the Soul Show with your host, Janice Fuchs, which will be followed an hour later at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern by um, the Spiritual Guidance Radio Hour with Angelic Channel and Healer Catherine Hahn, who's going to be talking about living in the here and now and giving free on-air guidance. And then Dax and I will be back next Saturday doing all open lines in our Psychic Spin segment, plus taking your calls for free many readings on the Tarot Today radio show. So that is what is coming up on the Psychic Talk radio network, and you can find our list of upcoming shows by going to psychictalk.net forward slash upcoming. Back to you, Dex. That's right, and on the tarotguild.com in the events section, we have uh, all our radio shows plus all the other Tarot Guild events coming up. we got a couple of really great things coming up that I wanted to mention real quick. One is the Tarot and Dreams tomorrow after Sharona's show. It's going to be live via Zoom meeting with Brenda Elizabeth. She's already done a workshop for us, and she's great. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, And you're going to learn a lot, you know, interpreting your dreams with Tarot. And that's this Sunday, tomorrow, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, U.S. time there. And Mary and I are going to be uh, live on Facebook on Tuesday. And uh, gosh, I didn't check the time on that. I think uh, it's 12 noon, 3 p.m. Eastern. Does that sound right? I think so. I think we so. haven't done a live in a while. <laughs> yeah. so I, I, I couldn't remember when we were doing them. Yeah. We're going to do a live tag team walkthrough and review of the Somnia Tarot. So that's going to be great yeah. as well as, you know, yeah, you can, we're it, going to answer your questions and we're going to talk tarot. Yes. And also let us know what you would like us to ask the cards for a psychic spin um, segment next Saturday. You know, remember that's the bigger questions. What do you want to know? From the universe, are aliens going to arrive any time soon? Uh, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> I'm counting on it. <laughs> oh, boy. But, oh, boy. And you know what I just realized that's so interesting 
is that, and we didn't even plan it this way, but, you know, we've got that dream workshop on Sunday, right? Mm-hmm. And then we do that live tag team review of the Somnia Tarot, which is based on dreamscapes that, that uh, Nicholas right. Bruno was was seeing. So it's like this dream, dream thing happening. It's kind of interesting. It's like a theme. Yeah, that's actually happened a couple of times in the last few months, and it, it totally unplanned. Like these are completely separate things. You know what? What radio show? Yeah. You, you know what's happening on Magic Universe? What's happening on? There's a rock for that. What's happening on Tarot today? And, and then the the Tarot Guild workshops and our lives and th- you know these are all separate. Uh, we arrive at what we're gonna do sometimes last minute. Like I literally just yesterday asked you if you, you know do. Do we want to do the tag team review of the Somnitro, which we had planned for actually a couple of weeks back, but too much was going on and we couldn't do it. And it's like, hey, you want to finally do that this Tuesday? And you were like, yeah, let's do it. And had no idea that it was timing in with, um, you know, Tarot and Dreams, the workshop with Brenda Elizabeth this Sunday. And it just shows you synchronicity. It's part of what we were talking about with Jack about how Tarot works. You know, it's chaos. Oh yeah, theory. it's you know, it's, this is it's this cool. Is actually, how it works. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. And the main takeaway, you know, uh, I didn't get to talk to Jack about that. Maybe the next time he's on, uh, get more into the you know how does it work and that whole chapter he did. Um, but you know, I, I was going to bring up that you know you go through all these different ideas. Uh, we've even. Uh, People have even talked to me about astrology and, you know, how does that work? Like a natal chart, you know, what's physically working that because the planets are in a certain alignment, you know, and so what's going on with the tarot cards when you shuffle or tea leaves or uh, sticks or, you know, uh, doing the sticks or, you know, um, runes, things like that. You know, it's like uh, some order comes out of chaos as you mix these things shuffle what what have you but i think the big takeaway is not any one particular uh idea of how it functions but the main takeaway is that through experience and doing it for decades and decades and decades uh and jack actually did mention this he said you know it just works and you come to this realization and and you're no longer looking for an explanation why it works. That's not what's important. Yeah, we can have a whole panel discussion on this because I, I remember having James Rickliffe on There's a Rock for That. Like I think it was last year or something, and, and the whole subject was why tarot works or how it works. And it, it And it's kind of, you know, I would I would love to like do that sometime like bring in like a lot of different voices to like kind of because it's such yeah. a fascinating topic and I think you're well, right. Well, our director. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say our, our director of education, Sharona Rapsik, is in the chat room. Hi, Sharona. Write this down. We need to do a panel Hi, discussion. Hi, Sharona. Yeah, write it down. Take notes for us because we're live on air. Anyway, uh, yeah, <laughs> write that down because we. We definitely should do that. A panel discussion will get all the Tarot Guild um, 
the staff members and see if we can get uh, you know a few other people maybe that have done workshops for us or something like that uh, or James or you know just authors and so forth maybe get Jack Jack. to come in and hang out with us oh my god you know we could have a whole panel discussion on how tarot works you know and and look at it from the psychological point of view from the magical metaphysical point of view I think it'd be really fascinating oh gosh we had a call they just dropped off I was just about to go to them and they dropped off so uh, maybe they'll come back on real quick here but if not um we're at the end of the show. Oh, my gosh, we are. Well, this just flew yeah. by. <laughs> I know. That's what yeah. happens when you're having fun. That's right. That's well, right. And, you know, we did not we did not have a lot of callers today, and uh, the ones that we did have kind of dropped off. And uh, so I'm just going to say, hey, you know, if you're listening to this in archive or you're listening to us live right now, uh, tune in for Sharona's show tomorrow, and she's going to be taking phone calls. So you'll be able to get through on her show tomorrow. And uh, join us for the workshop because that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it's for our premium members. We do these free workshops, you know, uh, three or four a month uh, we've been doing every month, you know, and it's all year long, all these wonderful free workshops with these wonderful authors and deck creators and tarot teachers and so forth and it's free to our premium members and our premium membership is a dollar a month yes we bill you 12 yeah. bucks for the year a dollar a month so come over to the com and join the premium membership it's so worth it right mary oh my gosh it totally is and i mean it's so fun. My gosh, Sharona just gave a workshop on tarot and magic. It was like mm-hmm. such a blast. So it's not like, oh, okay, you know, I've got to learn how to do stuff. Yeah, you know, our our workshops are like, yes, you will learn techniques and, and different things, but you're also going to have like a lot of fun with other people that are fun like to learn with. Like-minded people, right? You know, yeah. you get to hang out with like-minded people, other tarot folks. It, it's it's just a lot of fun. But you do learn stuff, too. Like, you know, uh, we're going to be talking about dreams on Sunday with Brenda. It's going to be a lot of fun just talking about that and tarot. But you're going to learn some techniques, too. And then uh, we have we have uh, Corby Mitlide at the end of June. I know she's doing her three three cards just ain't. Uh, which is going to be talking about uh, three card spreads and how you know it, it's uh, you can get so much more out of you know just three cards. So you'll learn some techniques there as well. That's at the end of June. I think it's the 26th. She's gonna she's gonna be on, and Sharon's gonna be back next month with uh, an astrology workshop, astrology for yeah. readers. So yeah, lots of great stuff yeah. coming up. Come join us, and uh, meanwhile, we'll be back next week. Actually, we'll we'll be here Tuesday doing our live on the Facebook group, so be sure to go over and join the Tarot Guild Facebook group, 7,000 people in the tarot, and you can hang out with us. You can ask your questions, um, any burning questions you have. We can just chat tarot, and we'll be doing that live walkthrough, and then, of course, we'll be back next Saturday with radio, Psychic Spin. Oh, yeah. Can't wait. All righty. Well, thanks, Mary. This has been a lot of fun. 
Thank you, Dax. It has been fun. I must go paint now. <laughs> yes. Time to paint. The Rasuli Workshop. Yep. Got you going. Bye, everybody. Bye, Good night, everybody. Mary Ellen. Good night, cowboy.